ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله Verily the praise belongs to Allah, we praise Him, seek His assistance and forgiveness and we seek refuge in Allah from the evil of ourselves and the evil consequences of our deeds. Whoever Allah guides, there is no one that can lead him astray and whoever Allah leads astray, there is no one that can guide him. I bear witness that nothing deserves to be worshipped except Allah alone and that He has no partners. And I bear witness that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam is his slave servant and his messenger. <coughs> We'd like to uh, begin this evening with the explanation of Al-Aqidah Tahawiyyah by Al-Imam Abu Jafa Ahmad ibn Muhammad al-Tahawi rahimahullah by reviewing the points which we covered in the last uh, lecture, the saying of Imam Al-Tahawi in point number 94, وَنُثْبِتُ الْخِلَافَةَ بَعْدَ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَعَلَىٰ آلِهِ وَسَلَّمُ We confirm the khilafa, and the office of leadership of the Muslim Ummah, after the death of the Messenger of Allah صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ أَوَّلًا لِأَبِي بَكْرِ الصِّدِّيقِ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ تفضيلا له وتقديما على جميع الأمة that the Khilafah is affirmed uh, first for Abu Bakr al-Siddiq may Allah be pleased with him as a proof of his superiority and preference over all of the Muslim Ummah the whole of the Ummah he is the best of this Ummah after the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam the Khilafah in its order, as it happened historically and in the order of the preference of the best of the Ummah, one after the other, after Abu Bakr, it was the right of Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anhu, thumma Uthman radiallahu anhu, that is Uthman ibn Affan, thumma Li'ali ibn Abi Talib radiallahu anhu, wahum al-Khulafa al-Rashidun, and these four, may Allah be pleased with all of them and with all of the companions of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. But particularly these four, they are the leaders who were true guides for the Muslim Ummah. And they were the Imams who were rightly guided by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They were the leaders who had authority in the government and also they were the leaders who had authority or leadership and the position of guidance in the affairs of the lives of the Muslims overall, their religious affairs and otherwise. Uh, so all of them yeah, and they have their preference and this is the order of preference that was known in the time of the Prophet ﷺ that he gave the first preference to Abu Bakr as the best of the Ummah 
and then to Umar, and then Uthman, and then Ali, and this was agreed upon by the companions of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam after, as well after the death of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And whoever rejects this preference that is given to those whom the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam preferred, then those people are straight. And of course, from amongst them are those who reject the uh, right of leadership to those who came before Ali radiallahu anhu and they said that Ali radiallahu anhu had the right of khilafah or the right of leadership after the death of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam and that right was taken from him unjustly they claimed that is the Rafida or the Shia but even Ali radiallahu anhu himself he accepted the leadership and the authority and the right of leadership for Abu Bakr and then Uthman and then Ali and he gave the bay'ah or the pledge of allegiance to each of them in their turn and then Al-Imam Al-Tahawi says in point number 95 وَأَنَّ الْعَشْرَةَ الَّذِينَ سَمَّاهُمْ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَعَلَىٰ آلِهِ وَسَلَّمْ وَبَشَّرَهُمْ بِالْجَنَّةِ and as for the ten companions whom the Messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم mentioned by their names specifically and he announced to each of them specifically the good news of paradise that they are the people of paradise نَشْحَدُ لَهُمْ بِالْجَنَّةِ عَلَى مَا شَهِدَ لَهُمْ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَعَلَىٰ آلِهِ وَسَلَّمْ We also bear witness uh, to the fact that these ten are entitled to paradise. We testify to such based on the testimony, the shahada of the Messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم to that effect. وَقَوْلُهُ الْحَقِّ And his statement that is the saying of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم in this case and in all cases, it is the truth, it is a fact. Wahum, those Ashra, Al-Imam Al-Fahawi says, as it is agreed upon and it is mentioned in authentic hadith, they are Abu Bakr, Umar, Uthman, Ali, Talha, Al-Zubair, Sa'ad, Wal-Sa'id, Abdurrahman ibn Awf, and Abu Ubaidah ibn Al-Jarrah, who was the Ameen, the trustworthy one of this Ummah, as mentioned by the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa radiyallahu anhum ajma'in and we said that not only these ten who the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned together in one hadith mentioning the names of each of them specifically that they are the people of paradise but also directly or indirectly the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has indicated others of his companions who are also uh, of those who are promised paradise by revelation, yani that he was informed by revelation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala concerning others besides these ten. Then Imam Ta'awi says in point number 96, وَمَنْ أَحْسَنَ الْقَوْلَ فِي أَصْحَابِ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَعَلَىٰ هَلِي وَسَلَّمْ وَأَزْوَادِهِ الطَّاهِرَاتِ مِنْ كُلِّ دَنَسْ وَذُرِّيَاتِهِ الْمُقَدَّسِينَ مِنْ كُلِّ رِجْسْ فَقَدْ بَرِئَ مِنَ النِّفَاقِ That whoever speaks well about the companions of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and his wives and offspring, the pure ones who are free from every unclean and impurity. Uh, whoever speaks well of them, then that person would be free from hypocrisy. Because speaking well of them and feeling good about them and thinking good about them, being the companions of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and his wives and his offspring, this is a sign of Iman. It is an indication or manifestation of a person's correct belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And 
and the opposite is an indication of nifaq or hypocrisy. While one professes Islam, yet they speak against the companions of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu or his wives or his offspring, this is an indication that while they are professing Islam, in fact in their heart they are hiding or covering up their kufr. And this is the description of the munafiq, the one who openly expresses Islam, but in their heart they are covering the kufr. Then Imam Tahawi says in point number 97, وَعُلَمَاءَ السَّلَفْ مِنَ السَّابِقِينَ وَمَنْ بَعْدَهُمْ مِنَ التَّابِعِينَ That the scholars of the Salaf, the scholars of those, the Salaf, those who came before us, the predecessors or the early generations of the Muslims, مِنَ السَّابِقِينَ The first of them, as well as the Tabi'een, those who followed after them, including أَهْلُ الْخَيْرِ وَالْأَثَرِ وَأَهْلُ الْفِقِّ وَالنَّظَرِ this includes the people of righteousness, Ahl al-Khayr, wal afar and those who are known for their knowledge and following of the Sunnah, of the traditions of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, wa Ahl al-Fiqh wal-Nadhr, the people of Fiqh, of jurisprudence and insight, who understand the religion properly. Here, Imam Tahawi says, concerning all of these people, of the scholars of the Muslim Ummah, لا يذكرون إلا بالجميل وَمَنْ ذَكَرَهُمْ بِسُوءٍ فَهُوَ عَلَى غَيْرَ السَّبِيلٍ That these people should only be mentioned in good terms and whoever mentions evil about them or speaks ill of them then that person is not on the correct path. They are not on the path سَبِيلِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ the way of the believers or the straight path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is an important point that we should be careful how we speak about the early generations of the Muslims, especially those who were known for scholarship and righteousness, and those who were the leaders of the Muslims in the early generations, the leaders in righteousness and goodness, and who stuck closely to the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. Even if we knew something bad about them, or any of their faults or shortcomings as human beings, we don't speak about those things, but we only speak well about them. And speaking well about them is a way, uh, or is a means, or a manifestation of one's iman and love for those who are the representatives or the leaders uh, in righteousness and goodness and knowledge. In point number 97, Imam Tahawi, rahimahullah, says, وَلَا نُفَضِّلُ أَحَدًا مِنَ الْأَوْلِيَاءِ عَلَىٰ أَحَدٍ مِنَ الْأَنْبِيَاءِ عَلَيْهُمُ السَّلَامِ And we do not prefer or give preference or precedence even to one of the awliya over any one of the anbiya, the prophets or messengers, عَلَيْهُمُ السَّلَامِ but we say, as Al-Imam Al-Tahawi said in very, very clear language, so that there is no doubt about it, وَنَقُولُ نَبِيٌّ وَاحِدٌ أَفْضَلُ مِنْ جَمِيعَ الْأَوْلِيَاءِ That even one prophet, one who has been chosen for prophethood, as a prophet or messenger of Allah, of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that one of them is better than, greater than, and more preferable to all of the awliya together. Uh, and here there was a long discussion concerning يعني, those who deviated concerning this point of the wilaya, what is wilaya, and what is the status of the awliya, the friends of Allah, or as commonly referred to, the saints. Uh, and we said that there are those people who are truly from amongst the awliya of Allah, and the indication of them is according to the description that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave about them, those who have the characteristic of al-iman, faith, and at-taqwa, piety or righteousness. That these are the descriptions of the awliya of Allah, 
and from amongst the awliya of Allah are those whom Allah has given special favors to and then they are amongst from amongst the awliya of shaitan those who do not stick to the sharia and follow the sunnah of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam shaitan has helped some of them to do some amazing or unusual uh, feats and for this reason many of the people classify them or refer to them as awliya they are indeed awliya but they are awliya of shaitan not awliya of ar-rahman and by the way there is a book by Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah which he uh, discussed this particular point in detail the difference between the awliya of ar-rahman the awliya of Allah and the awliya of shaitan the awliya of the devil Satan uh, and the last point that we mentioned last week was point number 99 وَنُؤْمِنُوا بِمَا جَاءَ مِنْ خَرَامَتِهِمْ وَصَحَّ أَنَثِّقَاتِ مِنْ رِوَايَتِهِمْ and we believe or have faith in whatever has come and that which has come to us of the karamat the supernatural for lack of a better word or amazing feats or actions or favors that have been given to the awliya of Allah we believe those things which if they were from the prophets would be called miracles but for other than the prophets we don't say that they are miracles but we say that they are haramat any favor or honor that Allah has given to some of his awliya as a distinction for them and we believe that this is true and that it is possible uh, but we believe in those things that has been narrated concerning the karamat of the awliya of Allah if they have been authenticated yani if they have been reported to us or narrated from the reliable narrators with authentic chains of narration and I neglected to mention last week in the discussion of this final point the statement of Shaykh Muhammad Nasruddin al-Albani rahimahullah uh, he said that the author al-Imam al-Tahawi has done well in mentioning the condition here in his statement that we believe in the karamat of the awliya but he made it with the condition if it is authentically reported to us from reliable narrators he said that the author has done well to mention this condition because many of the people especially the later generations of the people have went to the extreme in reporting that which is known as karamat to the extent that they report many false incidents in the name of karamat they use as a proof that these stories are true that they fabricated they said it was a karama and the people believe that if it's a karama Allah can give this special honor to his awliya if he wants to do some amazing or unusual thing so in the name of karama they narrated many false stories fabricated incidents some of them incidents about which anyone who has the least degree of intelligence would know for sure that it is falsehood you could never believe it but yet they narrate it and they say these are the karamat of the awliya of Allah true and clear clear uh, fabricated stories some of them even go so far as to narrate that which is equivalent to major shirk that some of these so-called awliya did things which are in fact shirk shirk yani clear yani kufr uh, or actions yani 
in which if it were true they would be ascribing something to human beings that is the exclusive right of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that no one except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has the right to do or the ability to do uh, and then he mentions two books which we may find uh, the mention of karamat one of them false stories and one of them true stories the first of them is the tabaqat al-awliya al-shaarani and he says in this book tabaqat al-awliya that the author Sha'arani has uh, mentioned so many, there are so many examples of these clearly fabricated stories. To the extent he even mentioned the story or the saying of one of the so-called awliya who said, تَرَقْتُ قَوْلِي لِشَيْءٍ كُنْ فَيَكُنْ إِشْرِينَ سَنَةٍ أَدَبًا مَعَ اللَّهِ This author has mentioned the story of a false wali who said that I refrained from saying kun to some things. I refrained from saying be for 20 years just out of respect for Allah. Yani if I say be to something it comes into existence. So I held back from saying be out of respect for Allah. Otherwise whenever he says be it happens whatever he says. This Yani is something that any Muslim who knows anything about Tawheed they would know that no one except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says be and then it comes into being. This is the right of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his rububiyyah that he is the Lord and the creator and the one who gives life and death and who has the power and the ability to do whatever he wills. When he wills something it will be and when he doesn't will something it can never be. He simply says in any matter when he wills it be and it is. This is a description, this is of the sifat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he is يعني, a Muslim writing in a book that there are some, يعني, some wali of Allah who يعني, has the ability uh, to do that which only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can do. Far removed is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and above that which uh, these people attribute to him or to others having the rights that are exclusive to him alone. And then the Shaykh mentions that there are a number of incidents that have been reported of the karamat as-sahiha true and authentic karamat uh, that was given or that was allowed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for some of the sahaba the companions of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and they have been mentioned by al-imam al-Nawawi rahimahullah in his book Riyadh al-Salihin and the shaykh mentions uh, that it is in the 253rd chapter of Riyadh al-Salihin hadith number 1516 to 1523 this is in the Arabic edition and in another Arabic edition uh, it was mentioned that the numbering was slightly different and it was 1511 to 1518 perhaps around these numbers in the English translation in one of the English translations we may find those uh, incidents reported (coughs) Uh, tonight we'll start with point number 100 The statement of Al-Imam Al-Tahawi rahimahullah 
وَنُؤْمِنُوا بِأَشْرَاتِ السَّاعَةِ That we believe in the ashrat al-sa'a, the signs of the, of the hour, the signs of the last day or the judgment day. Those things which are indications that the judgment day or the hour of judgment is near. And from amongst them he mentions مِنْ خُرُوجِ الدَّجَّالِ The appearance of Ad-Dajjal, the false or antichrist, وَنُزُولْ عِيْسَى إِبْنِ مَرْيَمْ عَلَيْهِ السَّلَامِ مِنَ السَّمَاءِ And the descending of Isa, the son of Maryam, alayhi salam, from the heavens, the descending from the heavens. وَنُؤْمِنُوا بِتُلُوعِ الشَّمْسِ مِنْ مَغْرِبِهَا And also with the uh, rising of the sun from the west, that this is also one of the signs that the judgment is near. وَخُرُوجِ دَابَةِ الْأَرْضِ مِنْ مَوْضِعِهَا And the emergence of the beast of the earth from its place. Yeah. Yani that it will come out of the earth, a great beast. Here the shaykh mentions from amongst the Ashrat al-Sa'a, and the Ashrat al-Sa'a are major, as well as minor signs of the closeness or the nearness of the judgment day, from amongst them he mentions these four which are of the major signs of the judgment. The Shaykh Muhammad ibn Abdurrahman al-Khumais Hafidahullah says that we believe uh, that the hour has signs which will appear. Those signs will happen, they will take place and they will be an indication of the nearness of the hour of resurrection or the day of judgment. And these signs were mentioned by the Prophet ﷺ in hadith, and from amongst those hadith is his saying, "Inna lan takuma hatta taraw ashra ayat." Yani that the hour of judgment or the judgment day will not take place until ten signs will be seen. And the signs are more than ten. In that hadith, he mentioned ten of the major signs. And from amongst those which he mentioned are those which Al-Imam Tahawi has mentioned Ad-Dajjal, the Antichrist, Ad-Daba, the beast that will come out from the earth, Tulu'i Shams, the rising of the sun from the west, and the descending of Isa ibn Maryam alayhi salam. This hadith has been reported in the Sahih of Muslim and in other collections of hadith including the Sunan of Ibn Majah. And these signs which are mentioned here are of the major signs and as we said they are also minor signs of the nearness of the hour of judgment. Shaykh al-Albani says concerning the descending of Isa salam in his brief comment that the ahadith concerning the descending of Isa salam are mutawatira. Mutawatira. Meaning what? Mutawatira means that those hadith came through many chains of narrations, many chains of narrations, so many to the extent that there is no doubt about the authenticity of them. And this is the general meaning of mutawatir. Uh, and this has been indicated by so many of the Hufad or the great scholars of hadith. And the Shaykh al-Albani rahimahullah says that I have an essay concerning this matter which I have entitled Qissa al-Nasih 
al-Dajjal, yani the story of al-Masih al-Dajjal, the Antichrist. Wanuzul Isa alayhi salat wa salam wa qatluhu iyahu. Yani the story of the Antichrist and the descending of Isa alayhi salam and his killing, yani the killing, Isa's killing of the Dajjal. <coughs> that book, as far as I know, uh, at the time of the uh, comments of Shaykh al-Albani, the book had not been printed, and I don't know if it has been uh, published until now. Inshallah, if it hasn't been published, we hope that it will be published. And as I recently heard in the Idaat al-Quran from Saudi Arabia, the Quran station, they mentioned uh, a large number of the books of Shaykh al-Albani that were never, that hadn't until now been published, but are still in manuscript form. And inshallah, alhamdulillah, uh, there has been يعني, a project uh, to publish those books, a large number of them. And I hope that amongst them will be this book if it hasn't yet been published. Here the Shaykh, uh, Al-Imam Al-Tahawi, rahimahullah, says in point number 101, وَلَا نُصَدِّقُ كَاهِنًا وَلَا عَرَّافًا يعني that we do not believe in. We do not accept as truthful the sayings, predictions, or otherwise the statements of the soothsayers and the uh, stargazers or whatever we may call these people. وَلَا مَنْ يَدْعِي شَيْئًا يُخَالِفُ الْكِتَابَ وَالسُنَّةَ وَإِجْمَعَ الْأُمَّةِ Nor do we believe or affirm, nor do we affirm the truthfulness of those who claim anything which is in contradiction to the book that is Al-Quran and the Sunnah of the Prophet and the consensus or ijma of the Muslim Ummah. Uh, Shaykh Muhammad ibn Abdul Rahman al-Khumayis mentions that Al-Kahin, it means those who claim knowledge of the unseen, like soothsayers. And Arraf, it means those who try to predict or make predictions based on the movement of the planets or the stars, which some call stargazers. Perhaps there are other names, but they don't come to me at this moment. Huh? Astrologers. Jazakallah khair. <laughs> now, <laughs> those who claim to have knowledge of the unseen and those who claim to predict the actions or the events in the lives of individuals or in the society or future any events by looking at the planets or the stars, astrologers. And we make a distinction between astrology and astronomy. Astronomy is a science, like biology or any other science. Uh, and astrology is a false system of, uh, that actually in- involves kufr or shirk. Yani the claim that people can have knowledge of the unseen, when the knowledge of the unseen, it belongs exclusively to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, except that which He gives as He wills to whoever He wills from amongst the Prophets and the Messengers. Alayhi salatu salam. Here, the Shaykh Muhammad ibn Abdul Rahman al-Khumis, he says that we do not agree nor believe to be truthful those uh, soothsayers or astrologers 
and they are those who claim to have knowledge of the unseen or to have information about the unseen whether things of the past or the future because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, negates the possibility of such in his saying in surah Luqman chapter 31 verse 34 that no person, no soul knows what it will earn tomorrow no one knows the future only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala وَمَا تَدْرِي نَفْسٌ بِأَيِّ أَرْضٍ تَمُوتٍ And no person even knows in what land they will die إِنَّ اللَّهَ عَلِيمٌ خَبِيرٌ Verily it is Allah who is all-knowing and all-aware And also the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah An-Naml chapter 27 verse 65 that no one in the heavens nor in the earth knows the unseen al-ghayb no one in the heavens or the earth knows the unseen except Allah this is a proof that not only the human beings but even the angels not the creatures of the heavens nor in the earth know the unseen except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his messengers messengers from amongst the humans or messengers from amongst the angels who he may give some knowledge to of certain events yani, according to his will and the Prophet وسلم, also mentioned in authentic hadith from the Mustadrak of Al-Hakam and he declared it to be Sahih and it's also reported in the Sunan of At-Tirmidhi he said Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Man ata arrafan aw kahinan that whoever goes to an astrologer or a soothsayer فَصَدَّقَهُ بِمَا يَقُولُ فَقَدْ كَفَرَ بِمَا أَنزَلَ عَلَى مُحَمِّدِ صلى الله عليه وسلم and whoever goes to these people and then believes what they say that it is truthful who listens to them and then believes in what they say فَقَدْ كَفَرَ بِمَا أَنزَلَ عَلَى مُحَمِّدٍ صلى الله عليه وسلم and that person has disbelieved in what has been revealed to the Messenger of Allah Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam so this going to these people and believing what they say is actually an act of kufr it is something that a Muslim should avoid it is not a matter to take lightly engaging in these things in any way directly or indirectly is a serious matter to be avoided uh, by the people of Tawheed and then the Shaykh says that in the same way whoever claims any not only knowledge of the unseen uh, but whoever claims anything they make any claim here Al-Imam Tahawi alhamdulillah made the matter open and general he said وَلَا مَنْ يَدْدَعِي شَيْئًا whoever claims anything يُخَالِفَ الْكِتَابِ وَالسُنَّةِ وَإِجْمَاعَ الْعُمَّةِ anyone who claims anything which is in contradiction to the Quran the book of Allah and the sunnah of the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and the consensus of the Muslim ummah then we reject whatever they say we do not accept it whoever they may be and whoever that person may be whether they are of the awliya of Allah the ulama or other than that whoever they may be whoever claims anything that is in contradiction or in difference with the Quran and the authentic sunnah or the ijma of the Muslim Ummah no matter what their status 
whoever they may be, it is rejected. Also, in point number 102, uh, Imam Al-Tahawi says, And we believe, we see it is our position or opinion that Al-Jama'ah, sticking to the Jama'ah, to the group, the people, the Ahl Sunnah al Jama'ah, believe that sticking to the Jama'ah is truth and correct. It is the truthful way and it is the correct way. Wal furqa, separation and division into sects and deviations from the Jama'ah and from the Sunnah, that this is deviation and it is also azab, punishment. And that whoever separates themselves and accepts the separation and deviation of these groups, then that person has went astray in this world and they will also be deserving of punishment in the next. Concerning this point, the Shaykh Muhammad ibn Abdurrahman al-Khumayyis, Hafidhullah, says that we believe that al-jama'ah, yani sticking to the jama'ah and following the way of the jama'ah, and the first jama'ah that is the model and the example is the first group of Muslims, as-sahaba. The Jama'ah is primarily, first and foremost, the Sahaba, and then those who followed their way from amongst the Tabi'un and the Atba'a Tabi'een and the Imams of the Ummah and those who followed them in truth and in righteousness. That the Jama'ah and the way of the Jama'ah is Al-Haq, it is the truth, and Sawab, it is the correct way. It is the straight path. And that Jama'ah is referred to by many names, as we mentioned in the introduction in the beginning of our studies of Al-Aqeedah Tahawiyyah, it is known by Al-Firqa Al-Najiyah, the saved sect, and it is also known as Al-Ta'ifa Al-Mansura, the victorious group, and it is also known by Ahl Hadith, and the primary name that it is known by and agreed upon basically all over the world is Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah, and we mentioned so many other names that it is known by. And that Jama'ah or Firqa and Najia or Ta'ifa al-Mansura, it is the people who follow the way that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam was upon. And whoever follows a different way, then these people are astray sects, people who have deviated and have turned away from the truth. The truth is only the way of the Prophet sallallahu and whoever follows another way, they are astray. In this world they are astray and also they are deserving of punishment in this life as well as in the next. And here he mentioned the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-An'am chapter 6 verse 153 The saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that this is my way, my straight way. Sirati mustaqiman. This is my straight way. Fattabi'uhu. I order you to follow it. We have been commanded by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to follow this straight way and no other way. Not only did He order us to follow the straight way, but then He says, Wala as-subul. And I prohibit you from following the other ways. Any other way other than this one straight way. There is only one way. There is not turuq. 
as the Sufis say, the Turq al-Sufiyah, everyone has their own tariq or their own tariqah, but really there is only one tariqah, the tariqah al-Muhammadiyah, the tariqah of the Messenger of Allah, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala orders us, He says, this is my way, my straight way, follow it, and do not follow the other ways. فَتَفَرَّقَ بِكُمْ عَنْ سَبِيلِهِ Because whoever follows the other ways, then they will separate you from his way, from the way, the one way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. <coughs> Shaykh al-Albani mentions here concerning the jama'ah, that the jama'ah is the way that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and his companions were upon. And this is the saved sect, and it is the group who follow the sunnah, uh, and whoever follows their way from amongst the people of the madhahib. Yani, whatever of their madhab they may be in fiqh, all of the madhahib or the imams of the adhahib of the madhahib, including Imam Abu Hanifa and Imam Malik, Imam Shafi, Imam Ahmed, and others, even if they differed in some secondary matters of jurisprudence, but on the aqidah and the way of the Prophet there is agreement. So, of whatever madhab a person may be, but all those people who follow the way of the Prophet and his Sahaba and those who followed them of the later generations and this is what is meant by Al-Jama'ah and this was mentioned in a number of hadith from amongst them the hadith of the division where the Prophet said that the Jews and the Christians would be divided into 71 or 72 sects and my ummah would be divided into 73 73 and all of them would be in the hellfire except one and some of the people asked him what is that one? He said, Al-Jama'ah. The one that would be saved from the hellfire is Al-Jama'ah. And in another hadith, when he was asked, what is Al-Jama'ah? He said, Ma'ana alayhi al-yawm wa ashabi. That which I am upon today and my companions. Yani the way that I am upon as well as the way of my companions. This is also a proof of the uh, necessity of following the way of Sahaba radiallahu anhu ajma'in he said it was sufficient for him to say that the jama'ah is those who are following that which I am upon today but he didn't stop there he said ma ana alayhi al-yawm wa ashabi what I am upon and my companions that means that his way and also to look at the way of the Sahaba radiallahu anhu ajma'in because they were only following his way then al-imam al-tahawi mentions in point number 103 وَدِينُ اللَّهِ فِي الْأَرْضِ وَالسَّمَاءِ وَاحِدٌ And the, the way the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the earth and in the heavens is one. There is only one deen of Allah. And this is mentioned a number of places in the Quran as Al-Imam Al-Tahawi says after this statement he says وَهُوَ دِينُ الْإِسْلَامِ The deen of Allah in the heavens and in the earth it is one. It is the deen of Al-Islam. قال الله تعالى الله سبحان الله the most high has said إن الدين عند الله الإسلام that verily certainly definitely the deen with Allah is Al-Islam. No other deen. This is mentioned Surah Al-Imran chapter 3 verse 19 and also the saying of Allah سبحانه وتعالى in Surah Al-Ma'idah chapter 5 verse 3 وقال تعالى ورضيت لكم الإسلام دينا and I have been pleased with, I have selected and chosen and I am pleased with Al-Islam to be your deen. Uh, the Shaykh 
Concerning this point, Sheikh Muhammad ibn Abdul Rahman says, The deen of Allah is one. It is Al-Islam, as mentioned in these verses, and also as mentioned in another verse, uh, which Al-Imam Tahawi doesn't mention, uh, which is in agreement with the verses that he mentioned in Surah Al-Ali Imran, chapter 3, verse 85, وَمَنْ يَبْتَغِي غَيْرَ الْإِسْلَامِ دِينًا فَلَيْ يُقْبَلَ مِنْهُ وَهُوَ فِي الْآخِرَةِ مِنَ الْخَاسِرِينَ That whoever desires or seeks to follow other than Islam as a deen, anything other than Islam, whoever seeks it, فَلَيْ يُقْبَلَ مِنْهُ Then it will never, ever, in the future, nor today, it will never be accepted from him, and that person who follows something other than Islam, in the hereafter they will be of the losers. So Islam, it is the deen of Al-Haq, the truth, that has been sent by all of the prophets and messengers. They have all been sent with Al-Islam, not with any other religion. The religion of Isa salam, Jesus, peace be upon him, it was not Christianity, nor was the religion of Musa, Moses salam, Judaism, but the religion of every prophet, it was Al-Islam. And this is proven by a number, by so many ayats in the Qur'an. And from amongst them, he just mentions a few. Uh, after saying, uh, the Shaykh says, that Al-Islam, it is the Haqq. And it is, the essence of Islam, is that nothing should be worshipped except Allah. Yani a tawheed. And that Allah should be worshipped by that which He legislated. First, nothing should be worshipped except Allah. And secondly, even if you worship Allah alone, it's not sufficient, but he has to be worshipped with what he legislated. And some people are not worshipping something other than Allah. But they are not worshipping Allah according to the Sharia and the Sunnah of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So these two are important points that Allah alone should be worshipped and that he should be worshipped according to what he has legislated. This is the essence of Islam and no messenger uh, has been sent with anything other than Islam. The, the children of, or the sons of Ya'qub Alayhi Salam uh, said to him, at the time of the approach of death, وَنَحْنُ لَهُ مُسْلِمُونَ yani They promised him that we are in submission to Allah. Yani when he was passing, leaving this world, he wanted to confirm from his children, and they said, وَنَحْنُ لَهُ مُسْلِمُونَ We will be in submission to Allah. They are Muslims. And also the saying of Musa, Moses salam, يَا قَوْمِ إِن كُنْتُمْ آمَنْتُمْ بِاللَّهِ فَعَلَيْهِ تَوَكَّلُوا إِن كُنْتُمْ مُسْلِمِينَ he said, O oh my people, if you have really believed in Allah, then rely on Him alone if you are indeed Muslims. The people of Musa salam, they were Muslims. وَقَالَ بِالْقِيسِ And Bilqis, the famous queen who was mentioned in the Qur'an, she said in her response to Sulaiman salam, وَأَسْلَمْتُ مَعَ Sulaymana lillahi rabbil alameen that I have aslamed to I have submitted in Islam along with Sulaiman yani she was a Muslim along with Sulaiman who was also a Muslim in submission to the Lord of the world and also the companions of Isa or his what is referred to usually in the western literature as his disciples the Ashab Isa they said amanna billahi that we have believed in Allah وَشْهَدْ بِأَنَّا مُسْلِمُونَ So bear witness that we are Muslimun, we are Muslims. And there are so many verses in the Qur'an similar to these. Uh, 
there's a long comment here that Shaykh al-Albani mentions or he transfers from the saying of Al-Imam Ibn Abi al-Iz in his comprehensive commentary Inshallah, if there's time we'll come back to it otherwise we'll try just to complete uh, the points that are remaining Point number 104 the saying of Al-Imam al-Tahawi concerning Islam, the correct Islam, the straight path وَهُوَ بَيْنَ الْغُلُوِّ وَالتَّقْسِيرِ that the correct way is between الْغُلُوْ وَالتَّقْسِيرِ going to the extreme or falling short it is between these two things not being extremist, going beyond the bounds nor falling short from those obligations that Islam places upon us وَبَيْنَ التَّشْبِيحِ وَتَعْطِيلِ and being in the middle between التَّشْبِيحِ comparison making a comparison between Allah and His creatures in the Asma wa Sifat, in the Taweel of Asma wa Sifat we don't go to the extreme of comparing Allah to His creatures nor do we do a Ta'atil trying to escape from comparing Allah to His creatures they negated His Asma and Sifat they negated them so that they, as they claimed, they wouldn't make a comparison between Allah and His creatures both of these are extremes, deviant extremes and we are between them between making comparison and between negating Allah's names and characteristics وَبَيْنَ الْجَبْرِ وَالْقَدَرِ in reference to the divine decree Al-Qadr al we are between the two extremes groups the Jabariya and the Qadariya the Jabari, the Jabariya, those who said that the human being <coughs> has no will that he is forced to do whatever he does as Allah forced him to do it in his decree and the Qadariya who say that Allah has no power over the human beings in their actions that they have their own complete free independent will and they do whatever they will and Allah has no control over it nor even does Allah have knowledge of it according to some of them <coughs> we are between these two extremes also yani we say that the human being does have limited free will and he is accountable due to that free will uh, but not absolute free will and we are between وَبَيْنَ الْأَمْنِ وَالْإِيَاسِ and between those who feel completely secure from what Allah has decreed and those who have given up all hope who feel that there is no hope for them we are between these two extremes <coughs> we don't feel completely secure but we fear that we may fall into disobedience and we may, fall, and we may be punished by Allah for our actions in this world uh, we don't feel secure no one feels safe and secure that they will definitely enter the paradise nor are we in the other extreme of those who lose all hope and they are in despair and they have no hope of the mercy of Allah but we fear Allah's punishment and we have hope of Allah's mercy so the real deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the middle course al-wasatiyya it is between these extremes it is always between extremes we are the middle nation as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Baqarah, chapter 2, verse 143 That certainly we have made you, in this way we have made you as the middle nation Not extreme to one way or the other, but the moderate middle nation between all extremes uh, We are in the middle, or on the middle course in Al-Ibadah, in worship between going to the extreme, going overboard, be outside of the Sharia 
as some of the people call themselves doing worship, uh, they went to the extreme and did things that are not legislated in the, in the Sharia. Some of them perhaps starving themselves, calling themselves fasting. And others going to the other extreme and falling short in the obligations that Allah has placed upon us to worship Him. Perhaps not fasting at all and not doing other yeah, any obligatory acts that Allah has required of us. But we are in the middle course, we don't go to one extreme, uh, going beyond the bounds, nor falling short. And we are in the middle course concerning the right of the Prophet ﷺ. We don't go to the extreme in praising him or raising him above his status as a Prophet to divinity, nor do we fall short uh, in his rights over us as being the Prophet and the last final messenger of Allah ﷺ. And also we are in the middle course in terms of the issue of as-sifat, the characteristics of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala between those who make comparison between Allah and His creatures and between those who negate and empty His characteristics from having any meaning as they say in order to avoid making comparison since Allah says in the Qur'an that He has a face then we affirm it but they say no, He doesn't really have a face because that would be comparing him to the creatures since creatures have a face. We are between the extremes of those who make a comparison between Allah and his creatures and those who negate his characteristics. But we affirm what Allah has affirmed for himself without there being any comparison because nothing is similar to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we are also in the middle course in the issue of al-qadr al-qadr, the divine decree between those who negate it that the human being has any will. And those are the Jabariya, and between those who made the human being as a creator of his own actions. Yani that he is the creator of his actions, not Allah. They wanted to free Allah from responsibility for the evil actions of the human beings. They said if the human beings do evil, then Allah doesn't will it, not even in his irada qawniya, universal will. And Allah has no power over them, but the human beings are the creator of their own actions. But we say that Allah is the creator of everything, as he himself said, and he is the creator of the creatures as well as the actions of the creatures as well as the descriptions of the creatures the actions of the creatures whether good or bad are the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and since they have will to choose right from wrong and they know right from wrong that's why Allah sent prophets and messengers and they have ability to execute their will then they are responsible for their actions those who said that the human being is the creator of their own actions they are the qadariya and we are also in the middle path, path between those who feel safe from the makr of Allah, yani the decree of Allah, and uh, who have no fear of Allah's punishment. We are between them and between those who lost all hope even of the mercy of Allah. If they did any uh, acts of disobedience, they lose hope and they don't feel that they will receive mercy from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But we are of those who fear Allah's punishment and we also have hope of Allah's mercy. And these issues, the issue of qadariyah and the issue of the fear of the punishment of Allah and the hope of the mercy of Allah and the, the comparison between in the sifat of Allah, all of these issues, alhamdulillah, we discussed in some detail previously in the points as Al-Imam Atahawi uh, mentioned them throughout the book. The last point, uh, which we cannot complete in detail, but we will at least mention it in brief and perhaps bi idhnillahi ta'ala, uh, we will make one final lecture after this uh, in which we will discuss these in a little more detail but today Imam Tahawi in the last point mentions uh, that which is really very important and it is sort of a summary of the whole of this essay 
uh, and I think that it يعني, requires more explanation than we have time to do this evening. The final point of Al-Aqidah Al-Tahawiyah, he says, فَهَذَا دِينُنَا وَإِعْتِقَادُنَا ظَاهِرًا وَبَاطِنًا وَنَحْنُ بَرَاءٌ إِلَى اللَّهِ مِنْ كُلِّ مَنْ خَالَفَ الَّذِي ذَكَرْنَاهُ وَبَيَّنَّاهُ This is our deen and these are our beliefs يعني what has been mentioned in this book from the first point until this point to the end of the book Imam Tahawi rahimahullah says this is our deen and these are our beliefs ظاهراً وباطناً openly and inwardly يعني what we are saying here what we profess openly it is also our beliefs inwardly we are not like those who say one thing outwardly and hiding something else inside like those who uh, hate the companions of the Prophet ﷺ but when they come to the Ahl Sunnah they say something different while privately they have another idea uh, and we are free of blame and free of responsibility and we have no relation to those who oppose anything of what we have mentioned here and what we have clarified uh, in this essay then he says وَنَسْأَلَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى أَنْ يُثَبِّتَنَا عَلَى الْإِيمَانِ وَيَخْتِمَ لَنَا بِهِ وَيَعْصِمَنَا مِنَ الْأَهْوَاءِ الْمُخْتَلِفَةِ وَالْآرَاءِ الْمُتَفَرِّقَةِ وَالْمَذَاهِبِ الرَّدِيَّةِ And we ask Allah the Most High to make us firm on Iman, to make us firm and steadfast on this Iman, and that He make the end of our life, that He uh, allow us to die on this way, and that He protect us in our life from the different false opinions of those who deviated, and the different uh, false desires of those people who deviated and from amongst those corrupt and wrong madahib uh, or those any groups or sects that were corrupt may Allah protect us from all of these and then Al-Imam Tahawi Ameen Ameen Ya Rabbil Alameen may Allah accept this dua he says that of those groups that he is referring to here and he only mentions examples Mithla Al-Mushabbaha والمعتزلة والجهمية والجبرية والقدرية وغيرهم من الذين خالفوا السنة والجماعة وحالفوا الضلالة ونحن منهم براء وهم عندنا ضلال أرضياء وبالله العصمة والتوفيق that have deviated are the mushabbaha, those who made comparison between Allah and His creatures. The mu'atazila, uh, who hold a number of false beliefs, from amongst them is the, uh, that those who commit major sins would be eternally in the hellfire. Uh, and also, uh, he mentions here the jahmiyyah, 
who denied the attributes of Allah and the names of Allah negated their meanings the Jabariyyah who denied that the human being has any will to do whatever they do but that they are forced to do whatever they do the Qadariyyah who say the human being has any complete free will and others besides them and other groups besides those which he has mentioned only a few examples of the deviant groups he said from those who oppose the Sunnah and the Jama'ah who oppose the Sunnah and who oppose the Jama'ah yani the main way or the road of the companions of the Messenger of Allah وسلم, and those who followed of the, of the later generations and those who made agreement with and who joined up with Ad-Dalala that which is astray and then he says that we are free of them we have no relation to them and in front of us in our view those people are astray and they are corrupt and the asma and the tawfiq is only with Allah yani the protection from falling into error or into corruption or into sin or kufr it is with Allah al asma it is with Allah alone if Allah doesn't protect us then we cannot be protected and the tawfiq or success in doing good deeds it is also with Allah alone if Allah doesn't give us that success then we will not be successful in doing what we attempt to do of good here the Shaykh mentions uh, Shaykh Al-Albani mentions that in the Makhtut or Makhtuta the handwritten manuscript of Al-Aqidah Tahawiyah uh, that was with him he said that near the end of the statement of Imam al-Sahawi just before the last statement وَبِاللَّهِ الْعِسْمَةُ وَالتَّوْفِيقِ that in that handwritten manuscript contains some additional words وَاللَّهُ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى الْهَادِي لِلْحَقِّ that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the guide to the truth وَهَذَا آخِرْ مَا أَرَدْنَا and this is the end of what we wanted to say وَإِلَيْهِ أَشَرْنَا and this is what we pointed to Walhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen and praise be to Allah, the Lord of the worlds. Wasallallahu ala Muhammadin wa alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. These words were in one of the handwritten manuscripts. Here, Sheikh Muhammad ibn Abdurrahman al Khumayyis says concerning the explanation of this statement of Imam Tawi that here he is saying that we have clarified our deen and we have clarified our beliefs and this is the most important aspect of the deen al-aqidah and that's why almost every one of the scholars of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah in their time even though there were many essays and books written on Islamic aqidah but every scholar in his generation used to write about this in order to clarify his beliefs and to clarify the, the essence of Islam that is al-aqidah for the people of his age and even today we find that our contemporary scholars are also writing in this area of al-aqidah to clarify for the people of today that this is our deen and this is our aqidah as we and what we have mentioned previously these are our beliefs openly and inwardly and we are not of those who show one thing outwardly and we hide something inside and we turn to Allah and declare ourselves free of everyone who says or the saying of everyone who opposes anything of what has been said previously of the aqeed of Ahl Sunnah wal-Jama'ah what has been mentioned and what has been clarified and we ask Allah to make us firm in our faith as the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam used to say and is reported in the Mustadrak of Al-Hakim the Musnad 
of Ahmed and the Sunan of Ibn Majah on the authority of Nawas Ibn Sam'an radiallahu anhu the saying of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu wasallam and this supplication should be memorized by every Muslim and we should say it regularly as the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam who is the best of us and he was protected by Allah and guaranteed paradise and his shaitan was made to submit so that he doesn't call him even to evil yet the Messenger of Allah وسلم, used to say Ya Muqallib Al-Qulub Thabbit Qalbi Ala Deenik Ya Muqallib Al-Qulub Oh Allah, the one who transforms the hearts, who turns the hearts Ya'ani as the Prophet وسلم, said that a person will go to sleep as a believer and wake up as a kafir or a person will go to sleep as a kafir and wake up as a believer we don't know what will be our end so the Prophet وسلم, used to say Ya Muqallib Al-Qulub, the one who turns hearts, the one who controls the hearts Shabbit qalbi ala deenik Make my heart firm, steadfast on your deen Ya muqallib al-kulub Shabbit qalbi ala deenik Make my heart firm on your deen And as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned in the Quran Rabbana la tuzik qulubana ba'ada idh hadaytana Oh Allah, do not make our hearts deviate after you have guided us This is the same meaning Do not allow our hearts to deviate after you have guided us, but make our hearts firm on your deen. This is a supplication that a Muslim should say regularly. Believe me, no matter how close we may feel that we are to Allah, and how righteous we may think that we are, and how good, how much good we may be doing, no one is guaranteed that they will stay on the right path until they die. And for this reason, every Muslim should pray to Allah for as-sabat, firmness and steadfastness on the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, and this is a topic that we discussed previously and it is worthwhile reviewing As-sabat, the firmness or the means or the ways of remaining firm on the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Then the shaykh says after mentioning this That Allah is the one who protects us from the uh, corrupt desires and the false opinions and ways uh, Of those who deviated particularly in the issues of aqidah uh, such as those who make comparison between Allah and His creatures and the Mu'atazila and the Jahmi and the Jabari and the Qadari and others besides them and all of these people, all of these groups have opposed the Sunnah and they have opposed the Jama'ah of the Muslimin and that, oh, Jazakallah khair can you open the door for us so we can hear it? can you open the door? Uh, just complete a few words remaining uh, at the end of what the shaykh says here is that uh, uh, whoever opposes the sunnah and the jama'ah of the muslims the, the, the correct group and the right way and those who agree with and join with those who are astray and say what they say and hold their opinion then we are free of them and we have no relation to them as a Muslim is required and expected to declare itself free from the people of kufr and the people of innovation and bid'ah those who have changed the religion of Allah who have added to it or taken from it or changed any of it declaring ourselves free of the people of bid'ah doesn't mean that we declare them to be kafirs but it means that we disassociate ourselves from them as far as their bid'ah is concerned to the extent of their bid'ah uh, unless it is bid'ah kufriya or that bid'ah which is actually kufr, disbelief then we still consider them, if it is not to that extent, we consider them as Muslims and we disassociate ourselves from them to the extent of their bid'ah 
as a means of perhaps correcting them and not being associated with those wrong things that are displeasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We declare these people to be astray and that their madhab or their ways or their opinions, their thoughts and their aqidah is corrupt and their opinions are rejected and Allah is the one who can protect us and Allah is the one who can give success. Finally, the statement of Shaykh al-Albani concerning the mention of the groups that Al-Imam Tahawi mentions here, the Mu'tazila and Jahmiya and Jabriya and Qadriya and others, he says, وَغَيْرِهِمْ Shaykh al-Albani says, others besides them or many from amongst them, he says, الْمُقَلِّدَةِ يعني those who do taqlid, blind following, who blindly follow any imam or shaykh without consideration of evidence whether their opinion is based on the Qur'an or authentic sunnah or not. This blind following is also one of the deviant ways or deviant group. Blind following is outside uh, of the sunnah. It is not the way of Ahl sunnah wal-Jama'ah. But the way of Ahl sunnah wal-Jama'ah was to have respect for and to benefit from the scholarship of the scholars, not to blindly follow them. They are not divinely guided. Only the Messenger of Allah is divinely guided and he is the only one that we are required and that is obligatory on us to follow. As for the Imams, the greater of them or lesser of them, we respect them and we benefit from their knowledge and we consider their opinions but we accept their opinions when it's based on correct evidence and we reject it if it is not. But blindly following any Imam or any Shaykh, this is also of the deviant ways. Uh, some of the people have made this blind following as an obligatory deen. In fact, some of them have, many of them, perhaps even the majority of them, claim that whoever doesn't follow one particular madhab in everything, uh, then that person is astray. When in fact, the one who follows one particular madhab in everything is bound to be astray, because no particular madhab is right in everything. But we follow all of what is right from the madhab, and we reject that which is error or mistake from our Imams Rahimahumullah and Allah have mercy on all of them uh, and they said these blind followers they said that after the fourth century of the Hijra that there is no more ijtihad that everyone must blindly follow the opinions of the scholars of the past and we cannot uh, make any ijtihad yani the scholars cannot make ijtihad in any issues that are contemporary or new to our time for this reason, because of this false idea, these people have turned away from the true guidance. They have turned away from the light of the Qur'an and the Sunnah. Uh, and they have accused everyone who uh, tries to escape from this stagnation of blind following. It is stagnation. Whoever tries to escape from it, uh, then they make accusations of, against such people. Uh, and and yani those who, who declare that what we are required to hold fast to and to stick to is the guidance of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And then he mentions some lines of poetry. Uh, perhaps it's difficult for me to translate. Poetry is difficult for me. But anyway, the general meaning of what he says is that the deen of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam is what has been given to us of akhbar or news or yani the hadith. Uh, blessed is the one who obeys him. 
and follows the athar, yani the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu <laughs> You know, it's difficult. Mm. Yani he says that opinion is like night, and the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu is day, yani is daylight. Following opinions is like walking in darkness. That's the general meaning of it. And following the hadith of the Prophet is like walking in daylight. <laughs> and it's something like uh, the the huda or the guidance is like the sun yani shining bright with many lights or something like this uh, this is the end of what we wanted to say alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen that we have completed al-akhidah tahawiyah but there still remains yani if Allah allows some discussion I think it will be beneficial to give some details concerning those groups which Al-Imam Tahawi mentioned and those which he didn't mention uh, at least a brief introduction or summary of the madhab or the aqidah of each one of these groups so that at least we'll have an idea about them even if many of these groups are not present as groups today but much of their ideas are still present amongst the people in other groups by different names so it is beneficial to know uh, what were the opinions and the aqidah of these people so that we may uh, be aware of it and beware of it and avoid it and be protected from it and also warn others from it uh, and save the people from such. There's one question from the sisters, Assalamu uh, alaikum, concerning the hadith, concerning the hadith which says that Isa alayhi salam ibn Maryam will kill the swine and break the cross. Is this literally or figuratively? Please explain. That he will kill the swine and break the cross. Naam. And, uh, and abandon the, or terminate the jizya. Uh, really, I don't recall now what the scholars said about this. Uh, so it's better that um, we leave it uh, till another time when we can check and confirm what the scholars said rather than to make ijtihad. Allah knows best whether or not it is uh, literally or figuratively. But the general rule is that whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran and what the Prophet has informed us about in authentic hadith, we should take it literally unless there is some proof showing otherwise. Yani the general rule is that whatever Allah has said in the Quran is literal. What the Prophet says to us is literal. And when he says that Isa is going to descend from the heavens, it's literal unless there is some proof showing otherwise. Uh, no doubt some of the scholars have explained figurative meanings for these things, but exactly what is the correct uh, interpretation, Allahu A'lam. Perhaps we will look up the hadith and see what the scholars have said about it. These hadith are well known, and I'm sure that many of the scholars have spoken about them, of the past scholars and the contemporary scholars, and if Allah allows, we should try to bring some of the sayings of the scholars just to be clear about it. But the general rule is that we should, we should take it literally, and sometimes perhaps it may have a literal meaning as well as a figurative meaning. Yani that he would actually do so literally. And in addition it could have a, a figurative meaning, yani a secondary meaning. And Allah knows best. Uh, are there any comments or questions from the brothers before we leave? <laughs> Oh,
Yes, what?